Should we introduce ourselves first or should we just jump into what the podcast is called? Introduce our names. Let's jump into the podcast and cool. we've been wanting more. <laughs> So Julie and I decided to make this podcast because we love talking about history and we love talking about people that were kind of jerks to people in history. So we're going to tell you a story uh, each week. Uh, one of us will choose a different shady topic and talk about it. I would love to say that neither of us are historians. We just love history. Our sources are mainly online and books that are probably a little old, so... Correct us if we need corrected. We'll need correction. We'll need lots of correction. <laughs> the podcast will eventually become like 10 minutes of talking, 30 minutes of correction. That's fine. <laughs> Sounds accurate. Yeah, that means people are listening. So. Yes. So listen away, please, oh, please, uh, and correct us. Awesome. Uh, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I want to go first so that I don't listen to yours and get in my, my head that I didn't do a good enough job. Okay, preparing. got it. <laughs> <laughs> Less anxiety inducing. All right, that's fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. Tell me a story. All right, so this is the War of the Currents or the Currents. I'm going to start that again. This is the War of the Currents. So it's Thomas Edison's smear campaign of Nikola Tesla. Okay, so currents like C U R R E N T S. Yes, got it. Like electricity, okay. not uh, the fruit. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, one of the articles I read called it a macabre his chapter in the history of marketing tactics. Ooh, <laughs> which I appreciated very much. Uh, so a little bit of a backstory. Mm -hmm. In 1884. A young Serbian-born physicist named Nikola Tesla came to work for Edison. So he had ideas of how to make AC motors and generators. So AC is alternating current. Okay. And in his eye, in his mind, this would be more efficient and cheaper and more reliable than DC currents. And DC is direct current. That is what Thomas Edison is known for. Okay. Uh, so he pitched his ideas to Edison and Edison was like, nah, man, too dangerous, too uncontrollable. So he left in 1887 okay. and set up his own business. So the okay. Tesla Electric Company quickly attracted uh, investment as well as the attention of George Westinghouse. And so George Westinghouse is, is pretty much like the financial father figure in this story as okay. it relates to Tesla. Can I pause you for a second? So like, I know, I know-ish the story about Tesla and Edison, but whenever you say like Tesla and Edison and their feud, I automatically go to The Prestige with Hugh Jackman where Tesla is played by David Bowie. Stop it. I haven't seen so, that movie. Oh my. Okay. Watch it. Cause it's a big part of the movie. It's great. 
and it's David Bowie. I thought that movie was about magic. It is, kind of. It's probably one of my favorite movies. Everyone else didn't like it. I loved it. But it's Hugh Jackman, it's Christian Bale, David Bowie, Michael Caine. Anyway, so the whole time you're going to talk about Tesla and Edison, Tesla is now played by David Bowie in my head for this story. Okay. Okay. So in your head, who is Edison, having not seen the movie? Well, Edison isn't in the movie. Oh, okay. So so we could pick an actor. All right. I'm looking up a picture of Edison right now. Okay. I forgot to put my phone in airplane mode. It's fine. It'll buzz. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I had seen a picture of Tesla, who was very Uh attractive. Edison's like, um, you know who younger Edison kind of looks like? Hmm. This is a little bit of a stretch, but in Ghostbusters Ghostbusters 2, the guy that works at the museum. Okay. Oh, yes. He's like, he's kind of got that that um, pinched lemon face. No Just offense like, to that guy. I'm sure it was a character choice. Too many warheads. Yeah, so so whatever that guy's name. Oh, okay, him. so that guy. Got it. All or, right. you know, picture anyone else. No, no, no. I like this cast. All right. Okay, so now we, we have it in our visual mind. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, starting in the late 1880s, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla were embroiled in a battle now known as the War of the Currents. So it grew out of the two lighting systems that were developed, that alternating current and direct current. So Tesla wanted alternating, Mm -hmm. and then Edison wanted direct, and direct was safer, and alternate was like crazy town? Edison Edison said direct was safer. Okay. So when you think of alternating current, it's it's a higher voltage, Okay. Um, like um, arc light, arc lamp street lighting, mm-hmm. whereas direct voltage or direct current is low voltage, kind of like indoor incandescent light bulbs. Okay. Um, you know, back in the day before we had the, the LED. Oh. So, but ultimately it comes down to money because the chief advantage of the alternating current system mm-hmm. is that it uses a smaller diameter of copper wiring, okay. which anyone that has played fallout knows what a commodity copper is okay (laughs) that is the same in in history as well at the end of the 19th century it was just like a really really high cost and in terms of the direct current like basically in order for that to work you couldn't transfer the power over long distances Mm -hmm. so the way that edison envisioned it is every every town would have their own electric company essentially um whereas with the alternating current you can just miles and miles and miles Mm -hmm. so edison not wanting to lose the royalties he was earning from his direct current patents uh, basically began a campaign to discredit alternating currents and it was it was a lengthy campaign um in terms of starting in the late 1880s and it kind of went on, I would say, until at least five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of like affecting pu- public opinion, 
Um, there was a big element about electrocution that I'll get to. And then also they really tried to appeal to legislature <laughs> to get it yeah. that Tesla didn't even have a chance. Um, so one of the things that Edison did is the Edison Electric Light Company, uh -huh. they published an 84-page warning <laughs> regarding the use of alternating current and its dangers. And okay. I want to emphasize here that there's no danger that has been established okay. at this point with alternating current. So the Edison people warned that if a transformer failed to step down the current, the whole building would serve as a possible death chamber reverberating with high voltage electricity. Uh, in addition, they suggested that alternating current people were criminally indifferent to safety just to save a buck and get ahead. Do you know what this reminds me of is like the movie, like this is the 84 page version of the movie Reefer Madness. Where they're like, all oh, these dangers. And it's like, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, children. you're like, what? <laughs> I just like, at what point will we learn from history that there are genuinely people out there that will say, this thing is bad because science, except there's no science. science. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Bless their hearts. Um, <laughs> not today. That day is not today. <laughs> so in June of 1888, uh -huh. Harold P. Brown, an obscure consulting technician and inventor uh, with offices in New York City, wrote a letter to the New York Evening Post. Okay. Um, so who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, so I read an article on JSTOR, uh -huh. uh, which back in the day in college, I used to research all my articles. Mm -hmm. So... I like I can't put into words how excited I was on a Saturday morning to be opening a new JSTOR account to read this article. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my life. Uh, so yeah. it's called Harold P. Brown and the Executioner's Current, an Incident in the ACDC Controversy, which was okay. the moment I realized where the band's name come from. Um, Wait. Sorry, that was my mind just being... Right? Wrong. Okay, I feel better. No, I... Yeah. And like electricity, like they're like electric. Oh, okay. I, right. There you go. I, I see you, ACDC. I see you. <laughs> so the, the author of this article, Thomas P. Hughes, uh, mm -hmm. he described Harold P. Brown as a man who was neither an outstanding inventor, scientist, nor entrepreneur. <laughs> so he was just a guy that couldn't mind his own business. Yeah. Um, okay. So I like that because there's a little bit of shade within my shade. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, he was an electrical engineer. And I know this is a podcast, so I just want everyone to know I'm using finger quotes. So he claimed that the AC-based lighting companies were putting the public at risk using high-voltage systems installed in a slipshod manner. He also claimed that alternating current was more dangerous than direct current. And he wrote that he could use no other adjective than damnable to describe alternating current. Now, a lot of the articles sort of go back and forth about when his relationship with Thomas Edison started and when his connection started and was he a paid employee and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, so I don't necessarily have substantial corroborative evidence of, of when that started. But what I can say is 
At one point, in order to substantiate the assertions he made in the post, he visited Edison in his lab and he got permission to use his equipment that wasn't available anywhere else uh, to experiment with live animals to prove that alternating current was more dangerous than direct current. So in describing this interaction with Brown, it says, although Edison had not previously met Brown, he said, he seemed like a pretty nice kind of fellow. I would say someone's pretty nice if they're saying, yeah, your enemy sucks. <laughs> your enemy sucks. And also, can I borrow your lab equipment to electrocute animals? Yeah. He's a, he's a pretty nice fellow. He's a pretty nice, oh. Uh, I mean, I, I think so far in the story, we can say there's good people all around. They're all good yeah. people. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go back a little bit to okay. the, the electrocuting animals uh, later. Um, but one of the things I want to mention is there was a murder. A murderer was about to be electrocuted in the first electric chair at New York's Auburn State Prison. <gasps> so one of the things that sort of came out of that is originally the, they had approached Edison about this and they were like, Hey man, um, you know, we, we want you to do research for us. We, we want your help to do an electric chair. And Edison was kind of like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm too much of a pacifist. Like, I don't believe in, in harming anyone. Like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Later, he came back and he was like, mm, you know what? Mm, How about you pay me? I'll help you a little bit. Um, you can contact this uh, Harold B. Brown guy. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Harold B. Brown decided to use um, the AC current so they could, mm -hmm. he could demonstrate essentially if this could happen in a state prison intentionally, imagine what would happen in your home. Mm -hmm. So what he did was he illegally purchased a used Westinghouse generator so okay. that he could demonstrate once and all for all the extreme danger of the current. So the guinea pig for this was William Kemmler. He was a convicted ax murderer who like Saito was terrible. He literally chopped up his wife. Um, so on August 6th, 1890, he was electrocuted using mm -hmm. the alternating current, even though uh, Westinghouse, who his name was attached to all these alternating current project products mm -hmm. rather, was telling them, no, this, this won't go well. Like this won't yeah. have him die instantly. He won't die painlessly. Um, it was described as an awful spectacle, far worse than a hanging. And the technique was later dubbed Westinghousing. <gasps> That's horrible. That's because, yeah. like, I've I've heard. Um, I love true crime, so I've like read what it's like the very first few electric chairs and how it took so long for people to die and like how they like they were just burning them alive basically from the inside out. There was. Uh, a very detailed description of the process yeah. uh, that I that I chose not to include in, in I was like are we that podcast we'll definitely be a cursing podcast but I don't oh, think yeah. this podcast um so if you are that person you can 100% <laughs> research this and but then to take that like terrible terrible thing and then be like oh you know what the name of it is the other product that's the name right of it. just oh. like 
Oh, fuck yeah. you. Anyway. So here, the, an actual quote from Westinghouse about all of this. Um, he yeah. says, I remember Tom Edison telling them that direct current was like a river flowing peacefully to sea, while alternating current was like a torrent rushing violently over a precipice. Imagine that. Why, they even had a professor named Harold Brown who went around talking to audiences and electrocuting dogs and old horses right on stage to show how dangerous alternating current was. Oh, the puppies. I know. Um, so I do want to note at this time, um, because I think the most notable animal execution was Topsy the Elephant. <gasps> and that happened in 1903. So we're going to fast forward just a little bit uh, because yeah. it, it's actually essentially after the War of the Currents. Um, but there was a video made of this. They <gasps> made a documentary of Topsy. And in, in the credits, it shows the title screen. It says Thomas Edison as if he was there or... Mm-hmm. or anything like that um so i just i, I bring that up because it, it a lot of a lot of the articles read i read said that this was a, a public demonstration organized by thomas edison during the war of the currents to show the dangers of alternating current mm-hmm. not true um now he had been involved in the execution of these other animals and i think that it doesn't matter that it's a little puppy or a dog or a horsey and not as big as topsy you're still murdering animals, especially after previously saying that like all human life is important. So yeah, like I'm a pacifist. Don't. And the, the frustrating thing about all of this is, and we weren't there, right? So this is another thing about this podcast would be like, well, what about this side of it? But it doesn't seem like Tesla is doing anything against them truly, unless you haven't gotten to that part yet. And then it's not like they're trying to, they haven't direct current at anything. I'm sure that if you, you know, I mean, I, you know, if you had a puppy or a horse up there with a direct current, something would happen too, but they're not showing that. I mean, I like, I remember in college, I, you know how everybody has a fish tank in college. What's that about? Um, (laughs) But I remember my junior year, I was like setting up the fish tank Mm -hmm. while my mom was talking to me. And by talking, I mean something that was getting me upset. Um, and I like angrily plugged in the fish tank and whatever voltage that was, I 100% got electrocuted. And I remember like being so angry that I didn't even notice that this electrical current was running through my body. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I feel especially rageful. I'm being electrocuted. It's like, is that hormones? Is that, if that was your, that would be your origin story if you were a superhero is the day you fl- like plugged in your fish tank and then got electrocuted and <laughs> and and of course yeah. it, it comes out of getting a fight with my mom that would be like yeah. a, that's a pretty badass origin story okay let's take this podcast in a different direction yeah <laughs> and find our origin stories got it um so yeah, so all that happened with Topsy, and mm-hmm. and I should note that at the time of Topsy's death, Edison was actually no longer involved in the company um he had been forced out of control in about 1892 so oh so there we go there's our there's our marker that's sort of the end of the war of the currents more on that in a bit um so in addition to all this the edison company and brown they colluded even further in their goals to limit the use of ac with attempts to push legislation 
straight ugh, legislation through <laughs> to severely limit AC installations and voltages. Okay. Um, that letter that Harold P. Brown wrote, it ended up, it, it went further and he had to appear towards all these panels and mm -hmm. all these actual scientists would come forward and say, well, no, it's not unsafe and here's why. Um, but there was a lot of legislation that, that got pushed up and, and pushed further and further along that would limit the voltage of AC. So okay. saying like you can only use X amount of voltage now. Okay. So they, they were, they were really, it was sort of like a multi-pronged front. Mm -hmm. In spite of all of that, <laughs> the Chicago World's Fair, uh -huh. also known as the Columbian Exposition, uh, so it took place in 1893. Okay. Height of the current war. I probably should have figured out when this dang thing ended. So let's pretend I didn't say it ended in 1892 because <laughs> I think that number's wrong. I'm going to delete this thing I already said in my script. Uh, so 1893, height of the current war. Yeah. So General Electric, which is through Edison, they bid to electrify the fair using his direct current mm -hmm. for $554,000. They lost to George Westinghouse, who okay. said he could power the fair for only 399000 using Tesla's alternating current. So most of GE's proposed expenses, they were tied to the amount of copper wire necessary mm -hmm. to utilize DC power. And ultimately, Westinghouse's winning bid, it proposed a more, effe more efficient, cost-effective system. Mm -hmm. um, and it obviously, he won the bid, it worked out, and then Chicago World's Fair was known as the City of Light. So 27 million people attended the fair. Uh, it was dramatically clear the future was AC. Mm -hmm. So from that point forward, more than 80% of all the electrical devices ordered in the United States were for alternating current. So in 1893, mm -hmm things come to a head again, because once again, Westinghouse and General Electric are in a fight for a bit. So, so, Westing so mm -hmm. before this, it's, it's AC's dangerous, AC's dangerous, but then the Chicago World's Fair, all these people are like, oh, we're like, our houses aren't gyrating with electric energy or whatever they said before. Like, right. It's working. We were all idiots. So they just start buying stuff. And, and on top of that, I didn't put this in my notes, so I should have, but on top of that, um, whatever patent Edison had for certain, for certain light bulbs, mm -hmm. um, ultimately Westinghouse had to produce millions of white light bulbs on his own, uh, his company, in order to light the World's Fair so that they weren't going against Edison's patent because they just mm -hmm. they weren't doing any favors for each other. Yeah. Oof. So 1893, uh, Westinghouse wins this vital tender from Niagara Falls Power Company. So what happened was this AC system, it allowed the power to be translated to Chicago and New York, despite being hundreds of miles away. So again, this mm -hmm. was a win for AC. Okay. Uh, however, by this time, uh -huh after like all of this back and forth and fighting in the, in the courts and all of this money spent, both corporations at this point are just drained by the, uh -huh. the currents. So on the Edison side, uh, the board takes control and they create are, general electric. Are you saying they're running out of energy 
for the oh. word? <laughs> Virtual high five. Boom. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, so they merge uh-huh. with the Thompson Houston Electric Company. Edison's thrown out of the business he created. Okay. Uh, this is also the era of the robber barons. So one of the biggest was J.P. Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wanted to have U.S. hydroelectric power, essentially what was happening in Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have that in his control. So he manipulated stock market forces with the intention of starving out Westinghouse and buying the Tesla patents. But thanks to Tesla, this didn't happen. Because this guy, so Westinghouse calls Tesla and he's like, hey man, I I need an an out from our contract. It's giving you a lot of royalties Mm -hmm. and we're, we're just starving. So in this like absurd, magnanimous and history making gesture, Tesla tears up the contract um, because he's like, I'm just so grateful this man. He's the only one that believed in me. Idiot. <laughs> and, and he was convinced that greater inventions lay ahead, which to yeah. him was true. I mean, he was yeah. a great inventor. Uh, so Westinghouse was saved. Uh, Tesla, unfortunately, forever after is dealing with recurring financial difficulties. Of course he is. Don't like rip up a contract. And I mean, let's talk about like Tesla got shit done. Yeah. So, so AC generators. Yeah. On top of that. So he's doing these high frequency investigations and he's building these like rotary generators that could run at really high speeds. Mm-hmm. So he's getting to 20,000 cycles per second and the machines are falling apart. Mm-hmm. So the answer comes and he just invents the Tesla coil and he patents that in 1891. So when you see those like big machines with like the arcs flying out and stuff, uh, that's a Tesla coil. All um, over the prestige of the movie. I'm just saying, oh, man, to watch it. It's so good. I really need to see this movie. Top hats, light bulbs, Tesla coil. But Edison's not in it? No. It's so yeah. Huh. So he also developed the first neon and fluorescent illumination. Oh. He took the first x-ray photographs. Um, and then in November 1890, he illuminated a vacuum tube wirelessly, which transmits energy through the air. So by 18, early 1895, he's ready to transmit the signal. 50 miles to West Point, New York. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm, I'm sorry, this isn't funny. It's only funny in the sense that like, can anything go right for this guy? A building fire consumes his lab, destroying all of his work. And in my notes, I have seriously conspiracy theory alert for fuck's sake, Edison, let him have this. I was about to say, I've heard that conspiracy of, like, Edison, it was obviously Edison, but Edison was, no, Edison wasn't out yet. So it could have been, could have yeah. been. Continue. So this, um, this sort of goes out of the war of the currents, but gosh, I just think we need to understand just, like, how much Tesla just got, like, run over and then reversed over by people in history. Ugh. Because then I have 
Do we have time to talk about how Tesla got screwed over by Marconi? <laughs> yes, do it, do it. <laughs> so in England, there's, um, oh, this is going to be our first correction, my pronunciation of this, Guglielmo Marconi. So he'd been building a device for wireless telegraphy. And he'd taken out the first system telegraphy patent in England in 1896. So his device had a two-circuit system, which some said could not transmit across the pond. Mm -hmm. So he did later set up long-distance demonstrations uh, using a Tesla oscillator to transmit the systems, the signals across the channel. Mm -hmm. So in 1897, Tesla files his own basic radio patent, granted in 1900. Mm -hmm. Marconi's first patent application is in, filed in 1900, turned down. And for the next three years, his revised applications are re repeatedly rejected because of Tesla and other inviters. Mm -hmm. But no patent is truly safe, as no. Tesla's career demonstrates. Because in 1900, the Marconi Wireless Telegraph Company begins thriving in the stock markets due primarily to the Marconi family's connections with the English aristocracy. So it went from $3 a share to $22 a share. Um, so oh. both Edison in Edison, mm -hmm. Nick, uh, <laughs> and Andrew Carnegie invested in Marconi. And then Edison became a consulting engineer for an American Marconi. So it really just, it circles back to Edison and Tesla. Um, so in December 1901, Marconi for the first time transmitted and received signals across the ocean. And oh. at that point, Otis Pond, an engineer working for Tesla, he says, looks like Marconi got the jump on you. <gasps> and supposedly Tesla's response was, well, Marconi's a good fellow. Let him continue. He's using 17 of my patents. Until 1904, when oh. the patent office suddenly just reversed its previous decisions and gave Marconi the patent. The There's no suddenly. Right. The yeah. reasons have never fully been explained. Uh, but the fact that Carnegie and Edison were backing him is certainly one possible explanation. Well, and we'll, we'll cover, as a Pittsburgh native, we will cover Andrew Carnegie, like, eventually. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think things don't just happen. Yeah, so for yeah. whatever reason, man, Edison just, like, couldn't let him have it with things. Yeah. Um, I have a few quotes from, from the two of them, uh, which I've labeled shit-talking shade. <laughs> uh, so this one's from um, Tesla. He said, if he, Thomas Edison, had a needle to find in a haystack, he would not stop to reason where it, would mo where it was most likely to be, but would proceed at once with the feverish diligence of a bee to examine straw after straw until he found the object of his search. Just a little theory and calculation would have saved him 90% of his labor. Uh, this one's from Edison. If you want to succeed, get some en enemies. Well done, Edison, you did. Yeah, good job. Um, this one's from Tesla. If your hate could be turned into electricity, it would light up the world. Uh, and then this is my, my closing Edison quote because of the electrocution of animals and people. He says, oh. nonviolence leads to the highest ethics, which is the goal of all evolution. 
Until we stop harming all other living beings, we are still savages. He says, looking in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) While he's taking puppies. Um, Shit. Man. So here's what I'm hoping is like, because we weren't there. I'm hoping that Tesla truly was like, no, just whatever you want. Just take it. I'm good. Whatever you want, you know, because without that perspective of like, maybe Tesla was just super chill at all points. If he wasn't, then his life just got like fucked like 17 times. Yeah. I I just like, it's, um, it's like when you watch those movies where just like one terrible thing happens to another, to someone and just yeah. like, eventually it's too uncomfortable to watch. At least for yeah. me. I, I don't particularly like movies like that. Um, but it just is like, it's a little, it's not a feud. It's very one-sided. Like, yeah. it's Edison just like constantly poking and getting his supporters to poke. And I don't know why he has all these people. Like, I don't know why Harold B. Brown was like, I'm going to put all my stock in Edison and run this smear campaign that's going to make me look like a dick in history and also not be remembered. Like, he's only remembered for inventing the electric chair. Well, I mean, you, I mean, we can look at it today too, where there are beautiful inventions when it comes to energy and renewable energy and people just saying like, no, don't do that. Use these fossil fuels. So we are facing the same thing now where people are like, no, I, no, not renewable energy. Let's go to this thing that actually costs more money to produce. Like we haven't learned a thing. And on top of that, this idea that, um, you know, coming back and saying, well, here's, here's scientific proof. Like here's our actual scientific proof that uh, using plastic straws is not good. And here's how it helps not to use them. And then you just will always have this contingent of people nowadays that are like, well, the science is wrong. So I'm still going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the science. Okay. All right. I wish there was like a Chicago World's Fair where it's like, all right, everyone, look at these renewable straws and they all work. And then 27 billion people come and then they're like, yes, these straws. <laughs> In general, I wish they would bring back the World's Fairs. Yes. True, true, true. I just think it's like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Which is yeah. quite a tangent, but. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, so that is, it it sadly doesn't have like a penultimate thing where like Tesla finally comes back and like gets him in the end. Because I mean, I, I think I, I would argue that yes, I knew Tesla's name in history mm-hmm. and I was a history major, but when you think of electricity, it's Edison. Yeah. Like he, he always gets that credit. You know what though? In a movie starring Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, Tesla's in it played by David Bowie and Edison's not in it. So that's, that's the comeuppance. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some redemption in this world. I was, I was kind of doing like a little bit of uh Oh, where, where do I see, you know, this in pop culture? Um, first thing that came to mind is epic rap battles in history. Yes. If you're not familiar with that, it's a dream. Uh, but there, there is an episode about the two of them. Uh, my husband wanted everyone to know there's a Bob's burgers episode um that relates to topsy and kevin klein sings i wouldn't know because i have strong feelings about bob's burgers 
Uh, there's a novel by Graham Moore called The Last Days of Night mm -hmm. about sort of their back and forth. And then there's also a film version called The Current War that starred Benedict Cumberbatch and Michael Shannon. <gasps> Unfortunately, it was produced by Harvey Weinstein. And uh. that all sort of, like, it was literally supposed to be released right when all of that came out. So... Mm. Um, I didn't see a preview or a trailer or, or anything anywhere, but the Rotten Tomato score is 33%. And I think I saw even like one article where Benedict Cumberbatch was like, it doesn't ever have to come out. Mm -hmm. so. Well, well, because you, you just said that Tesla never wins and it just seems to, and that movies like that make you uncomfortable. So I'm sure that that's the movie of like, yeah, this poor guy just being yeah. pissed on constantly. Yeah. Well, good job, Julie. That was great. Ah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to go back and listen to this and I'm like, why did I talk so fast? Never take a breath. <laughs> That's fine. We don't have to breathe. Uh, so let's end uh, our episodes about, you know, we're talking about some historical shade, but can you, can we talk about some things that are coming up in the future for either of us that are going to give us some light? Ooh, yes. I forgot we were going to do this. Yeah. Um, Steel trap, my brain. Not really. Not really. <laughs> Corrections. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to be going into rehearsals soon for the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime. Ugh. And by the time we get around to producing this and releasing it, I will probably have performed in it already. So... I would just like to put it out in the universe that the show gets amazing reviews and it's mm -hmm. a wonderful experience and everyone leaves feeling fulfilled with, with the story and the questions that are raised. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my future light is uh, I'm about to start rehearsal for Bubble Boy the musical where I play a cult leader. Uh, it's a, and I also hope that <laughs> people feel fulfilled by the story and the questions that are raised. Uh, by this dramatic tale of Bubble Boy the musical. It's not, it's a comedy. Is it like Bubble Boy, like the movie? Yeah. But like, in a musical? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Oh, yes. Super Guys, excited. Theater will save the world. It will. AC energy won't. But theater will. <sighs> All right. I think that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Yay! Woo! For a theme song! Yeah! Take it out!